0: Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to pray with you today. Does anyone remember the gospel from two weeks ago? Does anyone remember the gospel from two minutes ago? Okay, so two weeks ago was this. Jesus is with his disciples, and he turns and asks two good questions. Who do people say that I am? And then the more important question, but who do you say that I am? So I want to riff on that, changing it slightly. What do people say that the Catholic Church is? So in our post-Christian culture a lot of the answers will be negative and misunderstood and almost all of them will be very very incomplete so we'll just leave all those aside. The more important question is this what do you say that the Catholic Church is? And friends to be honest I'm not sure most Catholics would have a good and ready response to that question. And that's not okay. So if you want to know what the Catholic Church is, you don't have to come up with it on your own. Grab a catechism, look up the church, you'll find out. Read Lumen Gentium from Vatican II, you'll find out. But let me offer just this one answer to that query. The Catholic Church is the continuation of the incarnation across space and time. I'll say it again. The Catholic Church is the continuation of the incarnation across space and time. So if someone ever asks you, what is the Catholic Church? Drop that on them and see what they respond. But let's get into that. The Catholic Church is the continuation of the incarnation. How, how is that possible? Well, Jesus made it possible. Because Jesus unites himself to his mystical body, which is the church, which is us. We heard it in today's gospel. Where two or more are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Or think of Saul as before he becomes St. Paul on the way to Damascus. When Jesus appears to him, And says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Notice Jesus doesn't say, why are you persecuting my followers, my disciples? No, Jesus says, why are you persecuting me? That's how closely he associates himself to us. He draws us into his body. We're the members. He's the head. St. Paul will learn the lesson because in 1 Corinthians, he writes beautifully about that truth that we are part of the body of Christ. So Jesus is here then, because there's a lot more than two or three people gathered in his name here. He is in our midst. And friends, not just as a passive observer or someone with a list to see who came to mass today, but rather he is the protagonist. He is the one who is active. He's in our midst also acting it's Jesus Christ himself who makes the Eucharist he's the one who acts to bring his real presence to what once was bread and wine which becomes his true body, blood, soul and divinity, truly himself he's the one who acts yesterday it was Jesus who was forgiving sins in those confessionals at the entrance of the church it's the baptismal font when a child or someone else is baptized. It's Jesus who brings his supernatural life to bear upon that natural soul. It's Jesus in the midst of the saints who transforms and transfigures them so they live the divine life in their human life. It's Jesus who we listen to when the gospel is proclaimed, when the word of God is preached. He's the one who's active and what he's doing is bringing the life of heaven to earth and he's doing it in a human way and friends that's Christianity that's the incarnation and if the Catholic Church is the extension of the incarnation the continuation of the incarnation across space and time then that too is what the church must be. One of my favorite lines from Mass that I have the privilege of praying every time I celebrate Mass and you you hear it and you pray along though not aloud, is this phrase, through him and with him and in him. Through him, with him and in him. You recognize that from Mass? You could live your whole spirituality based off that one line and you'd become a saint. All you are, all you do, lived through, with, and in Jesus. That's our faith. That's how closely he comes to us, how much he wants to associate himself with us. Everything we're about, everything we do. So it's a great line that we get to pray. I also think that's one of Jesus' favorite lines in Mass. As he has the eternal dialogue of love with his Father in the Holy Spirit that he would look at us and say, through him and with him and in him through her and with her and in her through you and with you and in you God wants to act That is exactly what he is about. He wants to move in our lives, through us and with us and in us. So let's take each one of those phrases real briefly, go in reverse order. In us. God works in us. It's his power in us that changes our lives. That saves us. It saves us from having to create ourselves. It saves us from having to redeem ourselves. It saves us from having to perfect ourselves. It's his power at work in us that makes all the difference. He's the one. And then with us, the God in his omnipotence and his omniscience, all of his power, all of his knowledge, has made a choice that he wants us involved. That he wants to work with us, that we are his co operators, we're his co workers. That's how he established it. God fell in love with the incarnation, and he's never fallen out of love with it. He knew that the best way to reach human hearts was a human heart, his sacred heart. And he never stops wanting to do that, he just needs more hearts. So he wants our hearts. He wants to work with us. And my brothers and sisters, He did not give us a plan B. There is no plan B other than that. He wants our hearts, He wants to work with us. And then through us, for the sake of the world. The great St. Teresa of Avila, doctor of the church, she wrote this. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. No hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. Christ has no body now on earth but yours with all that, that the Lord wants to work in us and with us and through us, then the question for me is this, why then are so many Catholics standing on the sidelines? Why is that? That we're not swept up into this great power and this great purpose that God has given to us, this great mission that the world so desperately needs? I think it's because we like to keep Jesus at a safe distance. Because if he gets close, then he gets to make a claim on us. And if he makes a claim on us, then our lives are going to have to change. And we're scared of what that change looks like. But friends, he wants to get close. That's the whole point of the incarnation. And does he make a claim on us? Yes, he does. He already has. St. Paul will write to the Romans that we belong to God, both in life and death. We've been purchased by Him. We belong to God. And then He wants to change our lives. And He doesn't just want to change our lives for the better, He wants to change our lives for the best, to make every part of our life vibrant with His grace until we get to our true home in heaven. But that involves risk, and that involves trust, and so we'd rather follow Jesus from a safe distance and let someone else get real close. But I had a great seminary mentor, a priest, formator, who dropped this line on us once. Following Jesus from a safe distance is neither following him nor is it safe. Isn't that a great line? Following Jesus from a safe distance is neither following him nor is it safe. Jesus doesn't want safe distance between him and us. And if he doesn't want that, then we shouldn't want that in the church. The church should be about bridging distances in the same way that the incarnation is about bridging distances And so that means incarnational realities. That means us getting close to the Lord, to his mission, to his people, and to the world. That means Jesus calls us. Did you listen to the psalm response today? If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Jesus calls. And he calls not in abstractions, but very concretely. In fact, he calls, and he calls today. Like, really today. Because after this Mass, we'll have a chance to go downstairs and engage in ministries, sign up for new ministries. Ministries in the church to help with the liturgy, ministries of service to the poor and the forgotten, ministries of prayer ministries to be with those in need, the Lord calls. He's calling incarnationally. He's calling real people, you and me, to get involved, to get off the sidelines and to say yes. And everyone here is invited. And everyone here is meant to be involved because that's how the church is herself. That's how the church continues the incarnation across space and time in real people, you and me. And all it asks of us, all that's required of us, is to say yes. The Lord calls, and he calls today. He calls you and me today. May he find our hearts not hardened in any way, but ready and responsive. And after the imitation of Our Lady, may we say to his voice, yes, yes, your will be done in me and through me. Friends, that's what it means to be the Catholic Church. And that invitation is for us today.